there's going to be a lot more money going to me than probably should. I know that's not self-serving. Maybe I'm the worst salesman in the world. (laughs) Uh, But I'll tell you what, this just having a few things done in the right way or talking to me before it got to this point could have saved them over $20,000. It's ridiculous. Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Well, glad to have you back on Complete Estate Planning. I am Ben George, joined by Nick Rosenbauer. He is the estate planning attorney and the owner of Rosenbauer Law Office. And today we're going to change things up and do things a little bit differently. We're still talking estate planning, as always, but we're going to provide kind of a case study. We're going to actually give a real real life scenario and situation and kind of work through it and talk about some of the challenges and issues and maybe some of the solutions. We've kind of talked generally about different estate planning topics, but we want to kind of talk about some real world practice uh, today on this episode. So I'm looking forward to kind of seeing how this goes and, and, and hearing how this works with uh, Nick and, and kind of his thinking and, and what he's trying to accomplish working with someone like this. So Nick, I'm looking forward to it. How are you today? Doing great. Doing great, Ben. Uh, how about yourself? You staying, staying safe, staying out of trouble here? Yeah, we're staying. We're doing pretty well. Can't complain. I know, uh, you know, I guess the new normal is just here to stay. It seems like I, like every week I'm like, hey, when we talk again, maybe we'll start... Uh, Things will start changing and it'll be a different situation, but here we are. Well, and I'm I'm with you. I will say it was kind of telling, and I guess I had to shake my head. The other day, uh, I, I had a Zoom meeting with a couple clients uh-huh. and I grabbed my mask just out of, I guess, habit at this point. <laughs> and I was putting my mask over my ears as I was logging into the Zoom call. <laughs> Wow. So, so I said, "Oh boy, oh boy." This and I had already had my caffeine for the day. It was actually just after lunch, so I can't. It wasn't as if it was a six a.m. meeting, and I and I still wasn't awake yet. Um, luckily, I was able to pull the mask back off while it was loading, and the you know the, the little uh, the egg timers going and things like that while we were <laughs> logging in. So, so no one saw it. And again. Attorney client privilege. I can't say the name <laughs> of that client, so they'll never know. Uh, they'll never know the wiser. Um, um, yeah, but at the same time, I say that in jest because a number of months ago, my wife was watching uh, the governor, uh, and he had a press conference every day with new rules and new updates and things like that. And at the, there was a time when my wife was watching every day to let me know whether or not I could go to work tomorrow and whether or not yeah. I could keep the office open and whether or not, you know, as long as we, even if we were safe and wore masks and didn't shake hands and, and stayed apart from each other, whether or not we'd be allowed to do things. So um, it's crazy. Um, and obviously that's, you know, the the mask for the Zoom meeting, I think, is, is kind of funny, um, kind of shows you where we're at. But at the same time, Compared to where we could have been, um, I think for me, if all I have to do is wear a mask, not shake hands, use some extra Clorox wipes, 
and that allows me to keep coming in and keep uh, taking care of families and you know keep uh, keep the business running and, and keep doing what I do best. I think it's a fair trade. I don't love the mask. Um, hurts my ears, makes my ears kind of bend way out like Dumbo. So maybe I'll have better <laughs> hearing when we're all done with this. Uh, maybe it'll be like an evolutionary thing. But um, it's crazy. Uh, it's gotten that um, almost robotic for me. Uh, but at the same time, if that's what I have to do to be able to continue to take care of the people who need my help and keep the business operating, I guess it could be, it could always be better, but it could always be worse too. Yeah. My wife asked me the other day, at what point or when do you think it'll become the reverse to where we feel uncomfortable when we don't have our mask on in public? You're like, yeah, w- w- what point does that happen where you go out in public and you're like, without a mask on, you're like, oh, well, this feels weird. Like, ah. We're getting, we're getting pretty close to that point. I mean, it's com- becoming a pretty habit to throw it on as you've kind of mentioned in that, that story there. <laughs> so who knows? Have- are you wearing a mask right now while we while we record? <laughs> not while we record. No, I think we're okay right now. We're with we're not within six feet of each other, so um, I think we'll be okay. Oh, that's and and for those of you you listeners who don't who don't know, we're we're, we're doing this uh, through the internet, so we're we're not even in the same building right now. Um, Pulling back so the curtain today. Here we go. Yeah, exactly. So the kind of kind of the insider secrets of the uh, of the show. Very good. Well, look, I, I'm glad to talk to you again, and I'm looking forward to this conversation today, and, and uh, I'm ready to kind of get into it here. And I want to make sure everybody's aware your website, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com, is the place where you can find all of our podcasts, but also you, you've done a great job on that website in terms of having a lot of resources people can use without having to, uh, to have meetings yet or, or really sitting down with you. They can kind of do a lot of the pre-planning stuff and kind of get some things in order without having to really dive into it with someone. But once you go through that, go through some of the estate planning guides they have on there, you can request a consultation uh, with Nick right on the website. Give him a call as well at 513-463-6789 and go through this and get your estate plan in order. I know this is something that a lot of people have been thinking a lot about during this COVID crisis. You got a little time on your hand too and and, and maybe thinking through this. So go ahead and act now. But we wanted to give you a, a kind of a case study to kind of make you aware of some issues, but also kind of just to show you how this works real life. We talk about a lot of estate planning ideas and topics, but thought it may be a little different and a little more interesting to kind of go through this, Nick. And I'm, I'm, I like the idea that when you presented it to me, so I'm interested to see how this conversation goes and hopefully people will like it and we'll try it again. But if not, that's okay. We got uh, many more podcasts to come. So we'll, we'll go back to other topics, but let's kind of set the stage uh, for what this case study is. Kind of give us a background on what we're talking about. Okay, perfect. So uh, obviously, uh, a couple of the, the there's not going to be any names in this, and and a couple of the details have been changed to protect identity, but but nothing that will will change the scene here. So we have uh, I had an elderly uh, widow, um, actually the children uh, of the lady called. So the the people, a couple of the children called me and said they wanted my help to look at, review, maybe update, give them some advice. Uh, for their mother's plan. I said, tell me a little bit about your mother. Their mother's in their late 80s. Her, uh, I guess, dad had passed away a few years ago. And they said, we, we do have uh, an estate plan right now. And I said, okay, okay, that's good. Um, I said, so let's take a look at that. And then I asked, how is she mentally? And they said, well, she has good days and bad days. Sometimes the details can be overwhelming, but you know she she knows what's going on. She understands things. She understands who's taking care of what, and and she knows what we're doing. Uh, so she can have a conversation with me. And I said, okay, that's great. 
because Ben, you can prob you probably already thinking, you know, if we can't deal with uh, and take instruction from uh, from mom in this case, um, then then we may be we may be dead in the water. Yeah. Um, but um, so the children called me. It was one of the daughters who I guess is kind of the main person in charge, and you get that a lot. Usually, if there's multiple kids, there's a handler. Uh, if that makes sense, someone who just handles everything. Right. Um, and then usually there's also, uh, depending on how many kids there are, there's usually a couple people who maybe aren't the handlers. So luckily the right person's calling me. And so I to, to keep things safe, um, and also there were some travel concerns with the lady, we decided we were going to do a virtual meeting. And so I asked her to send me copies of the paperwork that mom has right now so I know what we're dealing with what we're working with and they said it's an old it's an old plan and I asked how old because to some people six years is old and to some people uh, they give me something from 1978 so um, gotcha. <laughs> you know that could be a whole could be a whole different ball game here um, so it looks like um, so so it looks like they say old but not terribly old. So I'm a little bit optimistic here. Hmm. And they they scan the paperwork to me and it's a it's a, it's kind of a generic fill in the blank will based state plan. There's no trust or anything like that. It's eleven years old. I've definitely seen worse, but it's definitely not up to date either. There were a couple items that were not set up um, and a couple items that were missing for whatever reason the living will and the, the HIPAA release of information weren't even prepared. I, I don't know what happened there, but we had about, uh, you know, we had a number of the documents were there. Uh, they weren't great, but at least we had something. Um, a couple things weren't there. And so as I go through this uh, and, I, and I have the meeting, I quickly realize that uh, mom, I will call her mom in this case, that the mother does not have the mental capacity uh, to make updates or sign new documents or anything like that. She doesn't have the uh, the understanding. Um, and, and one of the things that tipped me off to that is when, you know, and it's sad, I don't mean this to, you know, to make joke out of it, but I asked her, uh, I asked her uh, how many children she had, and she didn't know. Mm. Okay, so that was, <clears throat> that was a big red flag. And look, and look, that, that happens. But that's a big red flag, and that and that told me that no new plan could be done or updated. So we were we were left to to work with and kind of understand uh, what we got. Okay, so that that's kind of setting the stage for you. Okay, so that's doesn't sound like a great situation. Sounds like a pretty challenging one, actually. Um, but I guess I mean at least they had some paperwork. I mean, is that a good starting point at least? Right. That's a great question. Um, what we were looking at here, um, as far as the items that that were red flags, um, there, there, uh, the lady's house uh, was not set up uh, any sort of way to avoid probate. So we were looking at probating the house after she passed away uh, for the kids, which is going to be thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars. Um, and also, there were a couple retirement accounts that were originally her husband's, um, I guess from her husband's old 401k. They got rolled over to her um, because she was named as the beneficiary. So that was proper. So that was good. However, she did not 
put new beneficiary designations on the accounts to name the children. So what we need to do, we need to figure out what the heck to do about this house, and we also needed to figure out what the heck to do about these retirement accounts so we didn't have to lock those up. And then, Ben, unfortunately, for whatever reason, not to pick on powers of attorney specifically, but 11 years old for a power of attorney is just about ancient. Okay, really? It was old. It was out of date. Um, it was generic. Um, and then there have been a lot. And the reason I say powers of attorney, 11 years old, is ancient because that, you know, that may sound a little unreasonable probably to a lot of our listeners here. But a lot of laws have changed regarding powers of attorney in the last uh, in the last decade. It's for a good cause, um, I guess. So it's a good reason that it happened. A lot of these changes were made uh, from a security standpoint, maybe to combat financial elder abuse. Because what you run into, and, and I'm sure everyone's heard the story where one of the kids gets power of attorney or gets put on mom or dad's checking account, and then they just go off and use the money for themselves or steal it or pay their own bills and things like that. So what they did is they put, um, Ohio did this, uh, Kentucky did this actually uh, very recently in the last couple of years. A number of other states have said, well, you need to have specific requirements or specific language in the document to allow you to do anything that moves money um, now, gives money now, or changes the inheritance plan in any way, shape, or form. Um, and the thought there is, well, at least if it specifically says that, at least the, the person signing it will have a bit of an understanding there. Because you, you see these generic two-page junk documents that just say, my power of attorney can do anything that I can do for myself for any of my assets. Right. Okay, that's very broad powers. The problem is it doesn't work with today's laws, and today's laws, whether you're Ohio, Kentucky, wherever, um, they actually apply retroactively, okay? So these laws apply to documents that were created before they existed. So this old power of attorney, unfortunately, it's not worth the paper it's written on. It uh, doesn't specifically say anything about allowing uh, house transfers or beneficiaries on the house. It doesn't allow the decision maker to put a beneficiary designation on the retirement accounts. Another thing you would think of, and, and we'll not get to why this is a bad idea, is maybe gift the house to the children right now. Um, doesn't have any gifting powers, so we can't do that. And not that it's a big deal, but one of the things they asked is, she always gives uh, Christmas gifts to all of the grandkids. Can I write the check and give all the grandkids Christmas gift this year? Nope. Jeez. Doesn't authorize gifting at all. Um, also, some people, uh, maybe our listeners who have listened to a bunch of episodes or, or are more, you know, kind of the savvy ones say, can we create a trust here? Well, power of attorney doesn't specifically authorize the creation of a trust at all. Doesn't allow that either. Uh, or even if it did, it doesn't allow you to coordinate your assets with it. So all the things that we wanted to do, we are pretty much dead in the water. So the generic two-page, my power of attorney can do anything that I can do. It doesn't work, okay? It requires hmm. the specificity here. So unfortunately, we could not make any changes to the beneficiaries on the retirement accounts. So when this lady passes, we're going to have to probate a couple rolled over IRAs when, you know, without getting all, 
all we had to do to avoid that was to make the children as equal beneficiaries on the retirement account. Just send in the fidelity form, you know, 25%, 25%, 25%, 25%. Worst case scenario, we can't do it. Okay, so we're dead in the water with that. And then the house as well. There's nothing we can do about it. I hope the lady doesn't need to sell the house uh, because we can't. Um, I hope none of the kids want to buy the house because we can't transfer it. Um, so we're just, we're stuck. And they, you know, I told them, here's probably how much it's going to cost you. Uh, here's how much money you're going to have to give me later because I can't help you right now. So we're, so we're stuck. So unfortunately, the only thing we can look at is going to the probate court and applying for guardianship and conservatorship. Uh, to give someone the authority, you know, granted by the probate judge to to act on mom's behalf and handle what needs to be handled. So we're unfortunately we're stuck here. It was it just it just didn't go well. A couple day to day things like pay bills we're okay with, but any sort of planning we can't do anything to make life easy for the kids or make this efficient after she's gone. And and our hands are pretty much tied here, like tied until she passes away. Well, yes, and then when she passes away, we, we take her old last will and testament that at least is set up to give the money equally to the children, and we have to send the house and the retirement accounts through probate. Jeez. I'll get a nice fee for that, though. So if we... <laughs> I, know, I know it's not what's best, I'm sure the but, kids uh, love hearing that after all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. At, least, at least I'll make some money on this. Um, but, you know, in, in all honesty, it's it just we aren't able to do the right thing, unfortunately, so we're stuck. So once she passes, everything's going to be probated, and then luckily the will will go equal shares to the kids. So at least who gets how much is done correctly, um, and at least I didn't see any problems with the with the will. Um, it wasn't anything special, but I think it's going to work, um, at least from that standpoint. It's just I'm going to get a five-figure check to do it, and it's probably going to take a year to 18 months to finish all up. Well, that's the reality of estate planning. And that's why we wanted to kind of give you a real life example of how this can play out if you don't do the proper planning. I mean, we, we talk about planning all the time and why you want to have your estate in order, but this is a great example of why that's the case. So let's talk about what we could have done differently had we had some planning in order, or maybe had you been working with this family ahead of time, what are some things that could have been changed? Well, my, my guess is, Ben, you can guess the first one. Update the power of attorney? Uh, exactly. Don't wait till it's too late. So call, you know, talk to me, get me involved before uh, the lady is, is to a point where she doesn't have mental capacity anymore. Um, but, but my guess is that's not what people think of because they didn't need to use the plan. They just assumed mom had a plan, we're okay. And then all of a sudden, when it was time to act on the plan, when it was time to use it, that's when they realized, oh, this isn't going so well, which I can't say I blame the kids because that's how most people look at it. They just think, oh, mom has her affairs in order. But it's something you want to look at, obviously, before it's too late to do anything about it. First off, and I would say find an attorney who will prepare an entire estate plan. Um, instead of just not having two of the medical directives hmm. at all, for some strange reason, they're not there. So that would almost be like someone sells you a car, but we just didn't put airbags or a horn or seatbelts in it. 
I don't know if I'd ever buy a car from someone who offered that. Another thing that we've certainly talked about, you need to be more on top of this. Review the plan every three to four years as opposed to set it and forget it. If that would have been done, if the old attorney would have been reviewing the plan, or even when the law changed, reach out to all the clients and say, guys, just so you're aware, things have changed. We need to redo or we need to fix some things. They said never heard from them. Again, they said they don't even know if the attorney's still in practice or if he's retired. And, and you know, not to make light of it, but the, the daughter said, uh, shoot, he may be dead for all I know. We've never heard from him again. Okay, so, so that, that just goes over the value of keeping up with these things in the review meetings. And look, if you had done this right and done this with the right attorney and kept things up to date, we would have the proper paperwork in place to allow the right person, one of the children, to do what needs to be done or at least fix this in some sort of a crisis. Okay, so even if we didn't have everything done, if we had proper documentation that gave the children the authority to move on this and do what needs to be done, we still could have fixed things in a crisis. Okay, so a lot of times you can fix things in a crisis. Um, unfortunately, this time we, we weren't able even to get off the ground. And there's an, you know, if we would have had the right documentation, like I said, we could have put beneficiary designations on the retirement accounts. That's so easy. It's a two-page form. Just put all four of the kids' names, 25% each, and then mail it into Merrill Lynch or Charles Schwab or whomever. Piece of cake. Um, and that handles the, the retirement account. And that's it. Okay, all the probate, all the delay, it's gone. Um, and then... As far as the other assets, mainly the house, there's a number of ways to look at that. Do we transfer the house? Does one of the kids want to buy the house? Um, you know, can we give the grandkids the $100 uh, for Christmas? Mm -hmm. Be nice to still be able to do that. Um, and, and interestingly enough, a, with a proper power of attorney, one of the children could have set up a trust on mom's behalf. Hmm. So interestingly enough, Someone can set up a trust for you if you have the right documentation. So even if equal shares to all the kids right away was not a good option, if there was a problem, we could have protected against any of the kids' problems. If they had a divorce or if they had creditor issues, one of them was declaring bankruptcy or one of them was disabled. Luckily, that wasn't the case, but we could have taken this even further. Um, so there's, if you have the right paperwork... You don't have to worry about it. Or even if you have the right person with the right authority or the right powers, they can fix it in a crisis scenario. So there's a lot, Ben, that we could have done. And it's just such a huge missed opportunity because, you know, because yeah. we're, we're talking about 20 grand is what this is going to cost them. And it's going to be a minimum of a year of probate after they pass away. I mean, it's just going to be a complete nightmare. Um, but because they waited too long and because the other attorney, I guess, only did three out of the five basics and didn't even let them know when a huge law update basically rendered the power of attorney null and void, here we are. Okay, so, yeah. you know, probably money, I wouldn't say uh, money well spent on that old plan, say penny wise and pound foolish, but yeah. that's what we're looking at. Now, we can do it. And it will work, and the money will get where it needs to go, but it's going to slog through the mud of the probate court. It's going to take a while, and 
there's going to be a lot more money going to me than probably should. I know that's not self-serving. Maybe I'm the worst salesman in the world. (laughs) Uh, But I'll tell you what, this just having a few things done in the right way or talking to me before it got to this point could have saved them over $20,000. It's ridiculous. So you're not only talking about you know, financial savings, but you're talking about time, you're talking about headache, energy. I mean, there's a lot that goes into this process if you don't have things buttoned up. And that was the case here for this, uh, for these clients. And, and you hate to hear this story, but, you know, we, br- we bring it on here to kind of make you aware so that you do see the reality, you know, that, that how things actually play out if things aren't in order. I mean, maybe, sure, maybe this is an extreme case potentially, but this probably happens more than you'd realize, I, w- I, would, I would guess. So, you know, I'm glad that we went through this and it does open my eyes a little bit, uh, Nick, to, to know that you got to get these things in order and get ahead of them. Well, when you can, just don't put it off. If you can get it done, get it done. Well, and here's the thing. Everyone's going to die. So you're going to do this at some point. Okay. So it's not a matter of do I want to do an estate plan or not. You're all going to do it or you should. I guess I don't know why people why people particularly like to wait. Um, there's no benefit in it. If you're going to do it anyway, you might as well be protected for your whole life as opposed to running around at risk for, for the majority of it. Um, and then also, I think part of this is honestly on the other attorney. Okay, The other attorney, big crazy law change like that, You know, at least need to have heard from them. Um, I, I think when the daughter said, haven't heard from them, to be honest with you, I don't even know if that attorney's still alive. I think that tells you all you need to know right there. Um, and, and I don't, I don't think you can blame the client for that. I think that's the attorney's job to yeah. keep up on these things and know what's going on. Obviously, uh, that's not the specialty of that attorney. It just probably had some Microsoft Word templates and just fire them off as a side huh. hustle uh, to their main practice. But at the same time, if you're going to hold yourself out as an attorney who knows what the heck they're doing, I think there was something missed on the service to the clients as well. But Absolutely. unfortunately, it's too late. Nothing we can do about it now. And I hate to deliver the bad news, Ben, but it, it's not the first time and it won't be the last time. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, look, go to CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. That is Nick's website, and you'll find a way to contact him and set up a meeting or if you wanted to you know, make sure your parents have reviewed their estate plan and have everything in order. Make sure just the simple things are updated so that, you know, if this does happen, at least you can take control and make some decisions for them and not have to just play the waiting game, essentially. But also, uh, there's a bunch of resources I mentioned. Check out the estate planning checkup guide. I think that's good as well uh, in this conversation. Ohio's complete guide to estate planning is also on the website as well. So a lot of great information today, Nick. And it's not a not a great story to go through, but I think it's effective. Exactly right. And I think it, Ben, I think it goes back to something that we talked about uh, a few episodes ago. Uh, I'm almost speaking here more to the children uh, than the actual client in this case. And it goes back to an episode we talked about uh, a few few months ago about what you need to know about your parents' estate plan. Okay, because, you know, the the lady, her situation, it is what it is. Um, The big problems happen after she's gone. Okay, so that's the children who talk to me. It's their problem. Okay, they are the ones who are in trouble here. So for all of you out there with aging parents, 
make sure their affairs are in order. And I don't even if you're out in California, okay, so you're never going to call me, you're never going to use me, that's okay. For your own sake, make sure your parents' affairs are in order, they're up to date, you know who's in charge, you know where to find it, and you know that it's that it's up to date and it's current um, because it's it's going to be your problem. Um, and also, it's good to know that you will be able to properly care for your parents uh, if you need to. Um, so again, this is a you know th- this is almost a warning call out to everyone who may have to clean things up, um, clean up the mess uh, with their parents after their parents get sick or pass away. Um, so so that's that's who needs to hear this. Absolutely. Well, thanks for the time today, Nick. And I'll remind everyone to subscribe, please, to the show. We'd love to to have you. We've had some good feedback from the show so far, and it's been growing and, and excited to see that. I mean, like this is a topic that not everybody is always thinking about, but it needs to be a part of your overall plan and you need to have your affairs in order. And hopefully this conversation has helped to do that for you today. So thanks again, Nick. I appreciate the time and I look forward to catching up with you again here in a couple weeks. Absolutely. And uh, hopefully I'll remember not to put my mask on before we start recording. (laughs) You got it. Take care. We will talk to you again soon. The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.